You're listening to The Ascent Podcast, a production of Foothills Church. For so many areas of our life, beginning with the end in mind can be a transformative concept. It's a shift in perspective that can change not just the end result, but it can actually impact in a very real way how we live today. So what would it look like if we actually took that approach and applied it to our marriage? How would it change our lives and the lives of those around us and influence culture as a whole? I sat down with Pastor Trent Stewart to discuss just that and more on today's episode of the Ascent Podcast. And so I think it would it would have ripple effects, you know, from a gospel uh, saturation in our in our culture that people would really truly want to know and to learn about who this Jesus is, if our marriages uh, were were focused on Him and growing. I am Britton Drown. Thanks as always for listening. Let's jump right in. And we're joined as always here by Pastor. Trent Stewart, as we continue our conversation about marriage, Pastor Trent, thanks as always for stopping by. Absolutely. It's so good to be here. And uh, listeners, thank you for tuning in today. Well, yeah, I want to kind of start today, you know, one way to really examine your marriage and the idea of what a covenant love is, is to really kind of look down the road at at what your marriage would look like in 50 years and what you want your marriage to look like, you know, 50, 60 years down the road. Can you talk a little bit about how that perspective of examining your marriage can really benefit your marriage to Today. Yeah, well, I think um, it's important that we we want to start with the end in mind, and you know, if we if, if we get so caught up in today and we get so caught up in just all the problems that today has, then we don't really step back to think about where we want to be in in fifty years. You know, what what does our marriage look like then? And you know, when the kids go to college and leave, and and then you know, we hit that twenty five year anniversary, we hit that you know forty year anniversary, the fifty year anniversary. Like, if we want to make it to then, what does that look like? And so for us, for me, I, I want to still be in love with my wife. I still want to be holding hands. I still want us to be friends. I still want to enjoy life. You know, I pray that we have good health, but, you know, we want to we want to do everything that we can today to ensure that tomorrow and that time and that season is healthy. Yeah, when you think about a big picture and, and kind of creating that new mix in, in your marriage, can you talk about what what that means in terms of, of focusing on godliness in your marriage? Yeah, I think we 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 want to get to a point in our marriages where specifically just personally, you know, individually, we want to. We want to point our life to Jesus. We want to, you know, in worship, uh, have a devout life towards him. My mindset is to live like him, you know, in attitude and action, my character. I want to be more godly. And, you know, my, my wife, uh, she is pursuing Christ and she, you know, is is running after him and, and in humility and, you know, in repentance together as we deepen our relationship with the Lord, then, you know, we are able to grow closer together. And so the opposite of godliness is just going to be godless. And I think that's what too many marriages look like. It just looks like a godless marriage because there's 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 not a lot of prayer between the two of them. And there's not a lot of reading of, of the Word of God. And there's not a, a lot of conversations about spiritual things. And so just coming to church on Sundays does not necessarily bring God into your marriage. So this is a daily, weekly, um, conversational piece of our, uh, our relationship that we bring God into the conversation. And, and as we pursue him 
personally, then we have conversations and, and, and attitude and action, you know, things begin to move closer to him. When you think about, you know, bringing godliness into your marriage, you, you, the idea of serving comes to mind. And that's a huge step for a successful marriage. And it's often misunderstood the concept of, of servanthood and, and marriage. What does a godly servanthood actually look like when it comes to marriage? Yeah, well, Jesus says, whoever would be great among you must be your servant. And so he follows that up with, by saying that the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many in Matthew 20. And so to be like him means to become a servant. And first and foremost, I want to learn and grow in my servanthood towards my wife. And so to be a servant uh, means that I am looking for ways to take away uh, tasks that she has, uh, things that she normally does, then I want to I wanna begin to step in there and serve her in a way and, and, and do that for her. So, you know, a quick example would be if she typically does the dishes, she's typically cleaning the kitchen, then without notice, I step in and I serve her in that way. You know, and so she she's doing that in, in the various tasks that I normally do. And so um, I think um, when we begin to uh, focus on serving each other and we're trying to, you know, even outserve one another, then our, our love for each other and just a friendship and camaraderie really just really just grows naturally. Uh, but obviously we don't lean on serving others. We want others to serve us. And so that's, again, why we want to focus on godliness, because then as we do that, it, it draws us to be a servant. And one of the other ways, too, it really leads into honoring one another as well. And the word honors is really a biblical concept when it comes to marriage. What does that actually look like as well when you think about honoring your spouse in your marriage? Yeah, Romans twelve ten says, love one another with brotherly affection and outdo one another in showing honor. And so various cultures have their way of showing honor to uh, people. Asian cultures bow their heads when they greet each other. And parts of Africa, kids eat after the adults uh, to show honor, which I wish we could adopt that one, you know, here in America. Uh, you know, in, in America, we stand for the national anthem. So that that's a display of honor. And then we think about marriage and we don't often think about honor a whole lot. So what does honor look like in a marriage? Well, I know what dishonor looks like because we see it often. Uh, dishonor looks like making fun of your spouse, you know, uh, in front of other people. And, and so you get a good laugh, but at the detriment of, you know, her feelings, you know, guys, you know, might dishonor by forgetting special days. You know, we think about in front of our kids, what does it look like to honor our spouse in front of our kids? Because, you know, how we speak to our spouse in front of our kids is going to have a huge impact on them. And so are they going to honor us? Well, they will if we're practicing honor, you know, between each other. And so I think it's a huge part of marriage to appreciate her privately and publicly, show affection privately and publicly. And by doing so, we begin to honor each other. And uh, I think in this conversation, too, I hear people say, well, what if he doesn't deserve to be honored? What if she doesn't deserve to be honor, honored? And it's not really a smart question because at the end of the day, the real answer is that he or she doesn't deserve our honor. Uh, the fact is none of us do. Uh, but Jesus doesn't say honor those who deserve to be honored. He says outdo each other in honor. And so I don't deserve his grace, but he gave it to me. 
And so a way that we can act like Jesus, a way that we can be godly is to choose to honor our spouse, even when they don't deserve it. These are big concepts, honor and servanthood, but it's funny how it kind of boils down to the little things in your marriage make the big difference. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's the compounding all of these smaller things over time makes a huge impact. I think that's kind of where I struggle sometimes is I'm good at the the big things, you know, the weekend trips. I'm good at, you know, kind of the big presents or the big ideas and things like that. That's fun for me. Uh, and then I can get lost in the day to day and forget about how important some of these little things are. And so it's, it's a good reminder for all of us, no matter kind of where you fall in that, um, that spectrum, that every single day gives us an opportunity to, to take away a task and serve, to say something that encourages or blesses or shows appreciation towards our spouse that over time end up growing a healthy marriage. And if we do all these things right, you know, if we focus on godliness, we focus on serving our spouse, we focus on honoring our spouse, we, we in turn, you know, really have a better chance of, like we said before, actually enjoy your marriage. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think this is one of the most neglected parts of marriage, you know, after you start having kids, especially is there, there's just not a focus on having fun. And if you want to make it to that year 50 and enjoy life, um, not year 50, anniversary 50, and, and, and enjoy uh, that um, celebration, well, you've got to start having fun today. And so I think the scripture is, you know, outlines what joy looks like. And when we find joy in Christ, we can find joy in others. And, and um, to, be, to put it practically, you know, marriages have to find time to actually date each other. And so we we don't want to look at that as a, hey, when we get time, we can do this. We want to look at it as a have to. It's not a when we get to, it's a we have to do this. We have to get babysitters. We have to pay these babysitters and we have to make a plan and we have to go out and we have to in, in, uh, do things that we're going to enjoy together so that you know we can grow our marriage, so that we can enjoy each other. And date nights are, are a huge part of, of just having fun and enjoying each other, being able to laugh. And I think laughter is, is fuel, uh, you know, for intimacy, it's fuel for your relationship. And so find ways to laugh and, and to do things together that, you know, you enjoy. You mentioned laughs and you know, laughing together and dating. What are some other practical ways or maybe ways you've seen other couples actually infuse like fun into, into their marriage, even if they are busy with kids and life and jobs? Well, you, you hit on a good point there. I mean, you, you can't have fun in your marriage if you're too busy. Uh, in fact, life isn't very fun at all if you're too busy. And I think we like to be busy because sometimes that keeps us from thinking about problems or dealing with issues. And, you know, it's, it's fun to be busy. And that's kind of where our culture is at. But you're not going to really enjoy anything, especially your marriage, if, if you're too busy. And so I think, I think that's a huge part of being able to just slow down, to unwind, to, you know, stop working and, you know, even let your kids, you know, just chill. You know, we're, we're so busy running them around. And, you know, we've talked about how idolizing our kids actually uh, helps us or actually gets in the way of uh, a healthy marriage. And so, when we can just kind of s slow down, prioritize our relationship, and we can actually go do some things that we enjoy doing, you know, whether that's just 
you know, dinner, movies, going on a hike, going on a walk, um, whatever it is that we enjoy. It, you know, it doesn't have to be a five-hour, you know, project. Couple hours and 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 just be able to do these things, you know, with our spouse that we enjoy is going to go a long way. Yeah, I feel like it's it's common, or, or folks aren't surprised to to hear the advice of, of dating and and trying to avoid being too busy. But the idea of idolizing your kids is something I feel like is more of a recent uh, symptom in, in marriage yeah. issues. Can you touch on that a little bit? And what does it, uh, I guess, define idolizing your kids? Because I feel like you know loving your kids is one thing, but elevating it to idolizing is really where the issue stems. Yeah, well, when we idolize something, we're replacing Jesus at the center of our life. And so anything that we would idolize would be prioritizing it above Christ. And so what we see in America, especially today, is that parenthood has become this new religion. It's a new religion where parents are completely devoted to their kids and nothing in life is as important as their kids. And so they don't speak poorly about their kids. They don't, you know, spend time with anybody. Let me phrase it this like they spend more time with their kids and what their kids want to do than anything else. And so I think that's one of the reasons why so many people have a busy schedule is because they're driving their kids around everywhere and we laugh about that. Um, but I think I think the evidence is there that we're spending so much money, we're posting so much on social media about our kids, uh, and all of our time and energy is focused on them. And that's at the detriment of our relationship with the Lord, and it's also at the detriment of our marriage because, you know, the result of spending so much time sacrificing so much for your child is that you're going to lose touch with your spouse. Um, you know, you're you're going to you know, watch them grow up, they're going to move out of the house, and then you're going to look at your spouse and you're you're not going to know who they are. You're going to try to put the pieces back together, but it's going to be too late. You don't know each other. It's why the empty nesters um, divorce rate is, is climbing uh, today. And so I think, you know, anytime we worship and idolize a person, we're, we're basing our fulfillment on that person. And, and so we really do harm to our kids when we are, you know, asking them to fulfill us in that way, because it's, it, they're incapable of doing that. You know, it's a two-year-old, a three-year-old, that love that that little child brings to you, it can be addicting, you know? They adore you as a parent. They always want you to hold them. They want you, you know, all the time. And so that need to be needed can be intoxicating to parents, but it is also poisonous because that's what fuels that idolatry. And and over time, you know, those kids are going to grow up and they're not going to be providing that same love and adoration that they used to give at two, three, four or five years old. And so as a dad, as a mom, we're going to, you know, if we vitalize them, we're still going to need that and want that, desire that, and they're not going to give it. They're going to be reaching and stretching for independence. And uh, the, that, you know, time and season that we essentially worship them, now we're going to be wrecked and ruined because we've spent all this time worshiping them, hoping they would give us this love. They used to, now they're not. Or what's even worse is they won't desire independence and they're going to become emotionally dependent upon us as a 20 and you know 25 year old living in our basements and whatnot that we see you know today as well and so you know i think it's so important obviously we want to love and cherish our kids you know we want to impact and pour into them 
But I think the priority has to be God first and then our spouse. And then as a healthy couple, we are parenting and pouring into our kids. Yeah, you kind of hit on it there. Also, you also neglect the opportunity to really reflect to your kids what you know, a healthy, godly marriage truly looks like if you spend your entire marriage worshiping your kids. Yeah. I mean, if you're too busy you know, with your kids, you're not going to have any time or energy or money you know, to, to use, to have fun with your spouse. And so, you know, I think it's, I think it is a very deep issue. And, um, I think, I think parents, um, don't want to, don't want to think about that because, you know, you think of your kids and it's like, it's a healthy, right thing, right. To love your kids. And it is, but at what level does it become unhealthy, that priority? And so we, we want to take a, I think, a deep look at, you know, who and what we worship and who and what we're idolizing today. And, you know, I think we, we uh, not only do a detriment to our spiritual life, but we really harm our kids when we worship them. It, it's, a, it's a growing problem for sure. And when you look at, too, if we, if we take a step back and you apply all of these principles we've kind of talked about today, what would the impact be on society if marriage as, as a whole just really took these steps and, and worked towards healthier, biblical, godly marriages? Yeah, I think it would just have profound impacts. I mean, if, if God's people had healthy, growing marriages. Yeah, it would impact our kids, which impacts culture, you know, as they grow up and they get jobs and they raise their own families. Our churches would be healthier. I think we would we would demonstrate a, a godliness and demonstrate uh, just what it, what it looks like to enjoy and serve Jesus to a world that is broken and hurting. And they would look to us and say, man, I want what you guys have. I think what we show them now too often is is a marriage that looks really similar to them. And so it's not very enticing. And so I think it would it would have ripple effects, you know, from a gospel uh, saturation in our in our culture that people would really, truly want to know and to learn about who this Jesus is if our marriages uh, were, were focused on him and growing. Absolutely. Well, thanks as always for joining us. And next time we talk, we will be discussing culture and the idea of influencing culture rather than just enduring culture. We're definitely excited for those episodes to come. Absolutely. Well, thanks as always for listening to this episode of the Ascent Podcast. And if you enjoy this resource, please take a moment to hit the subscribe button and go ahead and drop us a rating or a review. Subscribing to the podcast is a great way to stay up to date with all of the latest episodes as we release them every other Wednesday. And ratings and reviews just help us to reach more people. Thanks as always for listening.